Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a July 8th Summer League tip-off edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places, real GM, AP, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can get the local angle on all the biggest stories happening in the NBA, the NFL, get all the stuff that you need to know about your favorite team from the people who watch them most, on the Locked On Podcast Network, and welcome back to Locked On Blazers. We are back once more this week. Uh, we are going to keep an eye on the Trail Blazers as they start the NBA Summer League. It will be led this year in Vegas by returning guys like Pat Connaughton and Jake Lehman, as well as first-round picks. Zach Collins, the seven-footer Adam Gonzaga, and Caleb Swanigan, the six-nine forward slash center out of Purdue, will also be there. Uh, they will also have some other guys that that may be kind of interesting. They have R.J. Hunter, who was a former first-round pick out of Georgia State, just spent some time in the NBA D League, now known as the G League. Uh, so make sure that that thirst is quenched down in the G League. R.J. Hunter is on the squad. That's an interesting name. Another interesting name who was a former first-round pick is Jordan Adams, who was a first-round pick from or of the Memphis Grizzlies, excuse me, and he uh, seems to be an, an interesting player uh, to look at, excuse me, they also have a couple former NBA guys like Jorge Gutierrez, who you may remember from his days at Cal. Played with Alan Crabb back in the day. Another guy that signed with the Blazers before Summer League that could be interesting, has a, an interesting size and frame for, for this team, considering how, that they were at times shaky on the wing. Not to say that an undrafted guy is going to help them, but Antonius Cleveland at 6'6", 195. Seems like an interesting guy as well. I, I'm i excited for what Summer League is going to bring. Swanigan and, and Collins both signed their contracts earlier this week, so they are efficiently uh, going to be on the squad next season. They 
I assume will be the starting front court for Portland in summer league. Jake Lehman will assume the three. I would say that Connaughton will take the starting minutes at shooting guard. And RJ Hunter, it's been reported, will be the point guard for the Blazers team in summer league in Vegas. That was a report from Jason Quick when he got wind that that RJ Hunter was going to be on the squad this summer in Vegas. That game is at 3 p.m. on Saturday. That's this afternoon. It's about 9.30 right now. So we are roughly six hours away here from the first game down in Vegas. I'm not going to be down there, but we will make sure to have insight from Vegas on folks who saw them up close. But, of course, we'll be watching those games here of the Trailblazer Summer League team. Summer League, you don't want to make too much of anything because it is Summer League. But sometimes you can see little flashes that can tell you about a player, good and bad. But you you don't want to overreact to any Summer League performances. But it is fun to get some basketball here in the middle of July when we're craving it. We just had the draft. Everyone's already gearing up for next season. We just had free agency. Blazers maybe still with some moves in free agency and another thing about summer league is that things happen uh, during summer league they they ju- they do sometimes I remember the year after or the year that the Blazers were in their first year of rebuilding basically after LaMarcus Aldridge left during summer league was when a lot of stuff started to come together because these guys are no longer the the folks that work in NBA front offices are no longer on the phone with people trying to make things happen. They're meeting in person. They're talking and everyone's accessible to everyone for 10 days or something like that. It, it, it's an extended period of time. It, it, it's almost like an unofficial NBA convention where everyone gets together. So we could see more stuff come out about the Blazers. I, I, I wrote that I thought they were done with big moves, and I thought that they were. Uh, just because looking at, at, at their team, it seemed like it would be hard to get rid of Crab or Turner right now. And Zach Lowe reported the other day or wrote the other day that it would probably take a first-round pick to get rid of those guys. And at this point, I don't think that getting rid of a first-round pick is worth the salary cap relief. I, I I don't think it's worth mortgaging a part of your future just to get those guys off the books. Uh, and also, too, those contracts will become more movable the less years they have on them when they can become an expiring in a couple of years and teams that may be looking to create cap space in future seasons, which is going to become something important again I believe it's going to become uh, another trade chip maybe not what it was back in 2008-2009 in post-recession NBA where all these teams are trying to cut costs and doing everything they can to avoid uh, going into the cap and stuff like that but now that the cap has shrunk again and, and it's not this situation like we had last year that Portland found themselves in where they were one of 20 plus teams that had cap space and then now we're in a situation where it's only about three teams have cap space. So it's really uh, 
interesting. And Portland will have an opportunity, I think, maybe to get some stuff done. There are some rumors out there that we'll get to about the Blazers that has some people talking around here. We'll address those things about the Blazers, those trade rumors. They're involving the Knicks and the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets trying to get Carmelo Anthony. Portland apparently in a discussion for those. But before we get to that, wanted a quick, quick word from our longest sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets with just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Buying tickets is super easy with SeatGeek, and it will get you closer, cheaper than any place else on the ticket-buying marketplace. I have the app on my phone. It's the easiest way to buy for tickets, and with just a few taps, I can easily find seats that I want and I used SeatGeek a couple of weeks ago to to go to the Future concert with my friends and it was super easy and made everything very very easy organized the prices from 1 to 100 with their deal score and they found tickets that fit my budget made it convenient for me and all I had to worry about was getting to the show and having a good time but the best thing about SeatGeek is that all of my listeners listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase and to collect that $20 rebate, just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-N-B-A. That's promo code L-O-N-B-A for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's L-O-N-B-A at SeatGeek. So, Summer League starts today. Very excited about that. Very excited to have some basketball. I'm really excited to watch Caleb Swanigan play. I've heard a lot about him. Obviously, Zach Collins being the big, big story. And and I've seen Swanigan play. I watched him in the Nike Hoop Summit. And I watched him in the tournament. And I watched him have that game against Iowa State where he had that triple-double. I'm excited to see see how he plays in Summer League. How he plays against maybe some quicker guys. And, and how the Blazers use him in the system. How he plays with the other guys that could be on Portland's roster like Jake Lehman, like Pat Connaughton. And, and and the other thing, too, is that Pat Connaughton, another story here, which is probably the biggest story going into Summer League, while the newness of Summer League of Caleb Swanigan and Zach Collins, who will be playing in his hometown of Vegas, are very, very interesting. Pat Connaughton is coming in with the most to play for right now. He's playing for a roster spot. His contract is not guaranteed. The Baltimore Orioles are also have also said a couple of months ago that they are still interested in having him as a pitcher in their system. But he's still trying to stick it in the NBA. The Blazers have 15 guys on their roster. And they... Well, with Pat Connaughton now, or excuse me, not, not with Pat Connaughton, with Tim Quarterman, they have one fewer guy on their roster. They have 15, but then they can also have the two two-way contracts, which uh, are, are kind of like hockey contracts where they sign guys to 
their teams and then they can go play in the D League and they can call them up as as they see fit, uh, which Portland still has a couple of those. But the, it appears as though they're going to give Connaughton some time here or they're going to give him an opportunity to show what he can do in Summer League. And it's... It's a big, big moment for him because Portland, I think, does need a little bit of wing help. They have invested a lot in Connaughton. And if they can keep Connaughton and they can have him, you know, that's a lot cheaper as an option, as as another wing to have on the Blazers roster to help them than spending the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is up to $5.2 million dollars. Granted, that might be able to get you a, a more established player at that spot, but being that Portland is in the luxury tax, now they Portland has not really talked about the luxury tax as a big thing, but they may not just want to spend excess money when they're already in the tax. But Pat Connaughton, big story in Summer League. I'm very excited for that. But as I mentioned, there is a big trade rumor out there on the interwebs. It was reported via Twitter by J Sports ENT. This has not really been confirmed by any other reporters, so I would take it very much as, with several grains of salt, but it does have people talking because it's really the first Blazers trade rumor that we've actually had. And, you know, there, there are deals that work in the trade machine that uh, are interesting here. It the the deal that was put out there uh, by J Sports ENT said that there was a, a rumor sending Carmelo Anthony to Houston, and there were some other rumors that Carmelo Anthony was in Houston, and that he's looking to sign there to team up with James Harden and to team up with Chris Paul. Daryl Morey says that he wants to bring in more members of USA Basketball. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, one of probably the most decorated USA basketball player ever at this point after last Olympics. So you can connect the dots there. So obviously there's interest in from Houston side for Carmelo Anthony. The names mentioned for Portland side were Myers Leonard and Maurice Harkless. And then uh, Ryan Anderson's name was also mentioned. And so if you connect the dots from that and you have the the names put out there, you can start concocting trade scenarios if you know if you will you can go onto the trade machine and create some things such as a trade that works which would be Mo Harkless, Myers Leonard from Portland going to New York, Carmelo Anthony going to the Rockets and then the Rockets sending Ryan Anderson and uh Sean Long. They'd have to cut a little bit cut, they'd have to cut a couple of these non-guaranteed contracts like a Sean Long or Tim Quarterman, who was traded from Portland to Houston. So we could see Quarterman in a fake trade team up with Harkless or Myers Leonard again, if this trade is to be believed. But those that trade does work salary-wise uh, in terms of all the meeting all the stipulations for a legal trade. Now, I think the question becomes, is moving on from Myers Leonard – uh, do, 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 is that worth 
Moving on from Myers Leonard, and, and is that worth giving up Maurice Harkless? Do you want to give up on Harkless, who's 23, uh, still very young in his career, and, and had a, a, a really solid season last year after getting paid, which I thought was a good sign that maybe he, he, he was playing with confidence, but he did have a really rough playoff and was pretty much a non-factor, and you don't like to see that when the stakes get raised, that a guy doesn't elevate his game, and so that's probably a concern and in this trade scenario you would be moving on from those two guys Harkless probably the best contract that they signed last offseason and, and then Myers Leonard who has three years left at around 10 million dollars a year for Ryan Anderson who is about to make 20 million dollars and this is not really going to help you save that much money if any money at all but the the the, the one thing you can say about bringing in Myers Leonard is he makes you a better basketball team and that's in the Western Conference now, there are questions about legitimate questions about Ryan Anderson's production in the playoffs. Can he get his shot off in the playoffs? Can he he be effective in those situations? But Portland has they have to get to they have to be in a position to answer that to ask that question. And right now with the West being the way it is, they're a fringe playoff team right now. And they can win more games in the regular season if they add Ryan Anderson because Ryan Anderson's just a professional shooter. He's a decent rebounder, not a great defender. But one of the things that I said before the draft that I think still holds true is that Portland is not good enough at any one thing at offense or defense as a unit now they have great offensive talent and they have a couple of good defensive players but they're not good enough at either one offense or defense and really at offense they're not good enough at offense to say we're good we don't need the help we don't need a dead-eye shooter like ryan anderson who can really legitimately create space for damon cj and be a threat every time he's on the court now would he start? Would he come off the bench and be part of a second unit? You know, maybe some Ryan Anderson, Evan Turner pick and rolls with Crab coming off a screen and CJ doing his thing. Maybe that could be a, a unit. I, I I don't know, but or or maybe he comes in and you start him with Nurkic, and you just create space for Nurkic in the middle instead of having the role man. Although I think Vonleh being that role man and dunker was. Uh, a really nice role for him and I thought worked really well for the Blazers and and Nurkic does give the Blazers more of that rim presence that I feel like they've lacked in in years past where the they just didn't have someone that had the gravity to get the defense to crash and to just get attention away from the three-point line I think it's really important that that they have that because the Blazers have been a really strong perimeter shooting team since Aldridge left. You know, they were jacking up threes at at ridiculous rates. But one of the the, the big things that really helped their success a couple of years ago was Ed Davis was amazing around the rim, really was a a major major factor for the Blazers and I think when we're talking about this team, 
I, I, they need more balance. And I think Ryan Anderson would really give them a lot more balance. I think that he would help Damon CJ on the court. If this, you know, if this trade is a real thing, he's not the ideal guy that I would want. I think Portland could use more. I I, I would like a more balanced player, a, a player that's better on both ends of the court, but that's what everybody wants. That's why it's hard to get guys like that. Guys like that are not easy to have on your team. They're not easy to acquire. And I think Portland thought that having guys like Alan Crabb and Evan Turner would turn into guys like that where they can play two ways and they can be counted on. But last year, both of them struggled with that in, in terms of consistency. And they also weren't reliable enough offensively for a lot of the year. Crab really came along strong, and so did Turner towards the end of the season. But that start of the season really just doomed them to the bottom of the playoffs. And were it not for uh, the eight seed being just a really bad seed this season they wouldn't have had a chance of making the playoffs and they're not going to get that chance this season. So they need guys that can win games in the regular season. And I don't, you know, I don't think it really matters that much that, that Ryan Anderson's production goes down in the, in the playoffs because Portland's the question that they have to answer right now is how do we even get to the playoffs? And I think that Ryan Anderson helps them get to the playoffs in a way that even though Harkless was really good for them last season, I think Anderson is just a better is a much better overall player than him or Myers Leonard and you have to give something up to get something and I think Anderson makes him a better team today that contract is tough it is difficult and it's tough to move that's why it's been difficult to move and now you already and now the the flip side of this argument is you know Anderson may be a better player but is it worth saddling yourself up with another giant contract that will be tough to move because the the asking price for Ryan Anderson's contract to be taken now there's no telling whether there may be a pick involved I feel like that would be hard to believe but maybe maybe the Rockets are willing to part with a pick to get rid of Carmelo Anthony but who would that go to the Knicks obviously would would not be getting the better end of the players on this in terms of the productivity because Anderson and Carmelo Anthony are just more productive players than the guys that they would be getting back in Harkless and Leonard on this trade but uh you know maybe pick compensation is is discussed who knows but but I I feel like if I'm Portland I would try and get a second round pick or some kind of asset in return because while Anderson does make you better Houston's getting better with this trade and they're getting another superstar which is what they desperately want so if Portland were to take on Ryan Anderson I do think it makes them better but I don't necessarily know if it makes them better to the extent that they shouldn't ask for a pick because they're helping Houston and they're helping New York here because New York desperately wants to get out of the Carmelo Anthony contract they want to start fresh with young guys around Chris Stapps Porzingis, Harkless, and Myers Leonard are both in that age range. And even though they are long-term deals, I'd much rather be paying Myers Leonard his deal than Joachim Noah's deal. 
and I think Harkless is a much better deal than a lot of the other guys on the Knicks, and I think Harkless could come in and and, and be just a good 3 and D guy to come and help out, and Jeff Hornacek, now that he doesn't have to abide by the triangle and all that stuff, he was a fun coach in Phoenix, may be able to to let these guys loose a little bit and, 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 and give them a fresh start, and that would be really interesting and uh, really just different for New York, and I feel like that is kind of what they want, and Although Phil Jackson isn't there, and maybe they the the urgency to get rid of Carmelo Anthony isn't the same. Perhaps at this point, now that Carmelo Anthony sees a potential team in Houston with James Harden and with Chris Paul, where he can go into a situation, be the third best player on a team, and be in a position to compete in in a really loaded Western Conference, but also stay relatively close to New York and his family, Houston not being that far from New York City, and in a warm weather city, you know, no state income tax, so he gets to keep all of his money. I mean, there's a lot of things going in uh, Carmelo's favor here to go to Houston. So maybe this is a this is a trade that Portland pursues. We're not sure. It's a it's a great rumor to get us talking interesting discussions interesting trades and and maybe maybe it's something Portland thinks about but uh they are in a tough position being that they spent all their money last year it's pretty wild how far we've come with restricted free agency one of the crazy stories from Friday was that the Pistons renounced Contavious Caldwell Pope who so much would do great things on the Blazers and so much does what they need. He's a little small, but he really defends guys and you put him with Damon CJ. He's a little bit of a streaky shooter, but the fact that his defense is so tenacious all the time, that would be a major asset to Portland and would, would I think would just be a great fit. But Portland being that they kind of felt like as though they had to spend all their money, felt like they had to spend on Turner and Crab. Now, you know, with the power of hindsight, maybe maybe they shouldn't have done that. Maybe they should have only signed one. Maybe they didn't need to bring back all of the free agents. Maybe you also think about, did they need to have them sign four-year deals? You know, did why, you know, why was that necessary? But th- these are all things that we can talk about in hindsight, and they're easy to pick on. And, 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 and I think on some level, they are legitimate questions because that's just the nature of things. But they have these guys now, and apparently it's going to take first-round picks to get rid of them. And at this point, I I almost don't, I don't think it's worth giving up first-round picks. I think it's worth, if any situation were to happen, say that, that you know, you know rumor... Uh, with New York were to come to fruition and Harkless is is no longer here. If that if that happens, my my opinion now is Evan Turner. You could start Evan Turner, and and that would be great. Or you say, hey, Alan Crab, like, how about you start? Maybe how about how about you come out and you have to guard the best guy on the other team, and 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 and. and and challenge him because he is paid like the starting small. He's he is paid like a starter. He's the third highest paid player on the team, and 
yes, you know, you can talk about Manu Ginobili and, and guys like that, but Ginobili was a he was really great at that role, and I think it's, he's a one-of-a-kind dude. And maybe what, what Crab needs is a little bit of motivation and a little bit of pressure that, hey, you're not going to just get to to fade in here and, and just be a, a part of the second unit and not be a, a spotlighted player. And I think the spotlight was on him a little bit more last year because of the paychecks, but maybe a way to, to light a fire under him and say, like, hey, you know, maybe you should take the number one defensive you should take the number one defensive assignment every night and and challenge him to be locked in because they have to rehabilitate value in these guys somehow. And I don't think that right now trading a first-round pick is worth it. And I think maybe one of the things they can look at, especially if Harkless ends up leaving and they, they end up getting rid of one of these wings, is light a fire under one of these guys and and challenge them. Maybe don't go straight to Aminu because I think you know what Aminu can give you. But Crab and Turner, you know, those are the guys that have really been inconsistent. And I think Crab is really a big thing for this team. And if he could rehabilitate any value, if you could start him and he plays well and the team has success, you know, that would maybe make him a little bit more movable and or maybe he impresses and and he grows and the team goes with him and 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 then you have a a situation where you're better and then you're maybe a, a better team and and what you're paying for your team doesn't look as ridiculous as it looks right now because the Blazers are on the edge of the playoffs as we look at the Western Conference here on July 8th. Summer League starting today. Very excited about that. A couple of other news notes out there in free agency. Rudy Gay signing with the San Antonio Spurs. Two years, $17.5 million. So Rudy Gay coming off of an Achilles tear. Turns down $14 million with the Kings to go to the Spurs. Not a bad idea. Even though the Kings are looking to be respectable. They just signed Vince Carter to a one-year $8 million deal. It's a good plan to have vets around the young guys, I suppose. I think they're still going to suck. I think they're going to be the worst team in the West, but they're going to have guys that are a good example, and maybe the chemistry, hey, maybe the chemistry turns things around. And da- turns things around. Dave Yeager is a pretty good coach. I just don't, I don't think I see them competing. I just don't think they have the talent. Raymond Felton signing to a minimum deal with Oklahoma City, so he is their backup point guard. Jeff Green signing with the Cavs. James Johnson, four years, 60 with the Miami Heat. Kelly Olynyk, one of the casualties of the Gordon Hayward signing, signing for four years, 50 with the Miami Heat. Not a bad casualty there. And Milos Teodosic, or Milos Teodosic, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He is a Serbian point guard who was playing in Europe for most of his career is finally coming over to the NBA. He played in the Olympics. You may have seen him. He does some cool passes. He's added to the Clippers' backcourt with Austin Rivers and Patrick Beverly. I still don't see the Clippers as a playoff team. I think their guard situation is a little weird. And as much as this Teodosic guy has a reputation, he is also not that quick. And as uh, my pal Jacob Greenberg said the other day on Twitter, Marcelo Huertas had great highlights as well. So i not ready to uh, put the Clippers in the playoffs, though their team is interesting and weird. And speaking of interesting and weird teams, I think I mentioned that I was going to rank the Eastern Conference teams. 
And before that, before we wrap this up, I think we still have Cleveland at number one because even though they have, they've not really added anybody, they've added Jose Calderon and Jeff Green. This is more of a post-playoff reflection of the East. I don't think it's uh, – I don't necessarily think Cleveland's going to have the number one record, but I also don't think that that matters very much. I think Boston's number two now with Hayward. They lost Avery Bradley, but they are keeping pretty much everybody else, it looks like. So I think they are still in good position. They got Marcus Morris as well. I think they're going to be a really solid team. They don't have Avery Bradley anymore, which sucks, but – you know, it is what it is. Washington, they are probably going to keep Otto Porter. I think that keeps him at three. Toronto at four. They got Lowry and Ibaka back on three-year deals. Milwaukee, I have at five with Giannis and Tetacupo. I think if Philadelphia can stay healthy, they added J.J. Redick. They added Amir Johnson to their young core with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Markel Fultz. I think they could be the sixth seed next year in the East. At seven, I like Charlotte. I think Charlotte, they missed the playoffs last year, but I believe in the the Nick Batum bounce back season after having a rough year last year. And I like the Dwight Howard ad with Steve Clifford, his former assistant coach in Orlando. And Malik Monk from Kentucky could give them a little extra juice alongside Kemba Walker. And then at eight, I have Miami. I just believe in Spolstra. They got Dion Waiters back at a big deal, sure, but... I, I liked it. I like that deal. I like the James Johnson deal. I like the Kelly Olynyk deal. I think those are all good. I think Brooklyn, Brooklyn at nine right now, which is crazy, but uh, I I believe in them a lot more than I believe in Indiana. Uh, I, I, I think they have a really good chance at getting Contavious Caldwell Pope now that he's a free agent. And even though Otto Porter who they signed to an offer sheet is probably going to go back to Washington. If they can get KCP, they got D'Angelo Russell, Jeremy Lin. Mozgov isn't that bad. They've got some young players on the wings who are interesting in Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Karis LeVert. I, I, I think they could be really interesting, and, and I think that that team just plays really hard. And with the East being this bad, I think that that is going to go a long way. So Brooklyn – uh, playing, playing that's I, I like Brooklyn to 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 be a fringe playoff team in the East next year. Indiana, uh, kind of weirdly, they are kind of still okay, good. Well, not good. They're in the East, but they could maybe make the playoffs with with the roster that they have. They still have Thad Young. I think they're they're going to do some really interesting things with Lance Stevenson at the point guard spot, which I'm looking forward to. Then I have Detroit. They got Avery Bradley to replace KCP, which is an upgrade, though I don't necessarily think it really helps them now that they've lost Marcus Morris as well. I don't really like their team. Atlanta, they lost Dwight Howard. They lost Paul Millsap. I don't know where they're going. They seem like they're going to be a bad team. Chicago, I think they suck. They re-signed Cristiano Felicio, the Brazilian center, but no Jimmy Butler. Zach Levine still has to recover from his ACL tear. And I'm not, you know, Chris Dunn wasn't that good last year, so I'm not necessarily sold on him either. Orlando, they haven't done anything. Probably going to tank again. They got a young, uh, they got the number six pick, Jonathan Isaac, in the draft, but they, they, they've been churning their wheels for a little while, though it's a different crew there in Orlando and uh, a much smarter crew. John Hammond is down there now uh, as part of that group who helped build the Bucks organization to what they are. And then at 15 in the East, I had the Knicks. 
who, uh, even though they have Porzingis, uh, who I like, and they, they, but they're probably going to trade Carmelo Anthony, which is going to make them worse. And even if they get young, the, the even if they get some young players to fill in there and and do some more stuff uh, and, and contribute and, and and get more minutes. And and they they feel that freedom with Hornacek, kind of like those old Suns teams. Then maybe maybe they surprise, but right now I just don't like I don't like what they're doing. But the the bottom of the East could change, though. I I don't think I'm going to change on I like Brooklyn. So, uh, summer league for the Portland Trailblazers starts this afternoon. We are about five hours away now from the tip off of the NBA summer league. Very very excited. Starting this afternoon in Vegas, Blazers versus the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, who Portland could have picked, uh, has been killing it in summer league. And you'll get a look at him. We'll get our first look at Zach Collins, at Caleb Swanigan. We'll talk about that very soon. They are also going to play the Boston Celtics at 5.30 on Sunday evening in Vegas. And then... Their last preliminary Summer League game is going to be on July 11th at 1 p.m. against the San Antonio Summer League team who always comes to play. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers here on July 8th. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, wherever you can get a podcast. We will have reports of Summer League. We'll let you know how the guys are doing, their first impressions, and how the, the second-year guys are doing. Jake Lehman's going to get shots up. Connaughton's going to get shots up. And it's going to be fun. So we'll have some summer basketball to talk about. Until next time. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.